Hi everyone, welcome back to Socially Distant Tea Time. I'm Caitlin Magraeus, founder of Be Her Village. And joined with me is Laura Otten, licensed clinical social worker and maternal mental health specialist, got it? And yeah. Evelyn Page, licensed clinical social worker and maternal mental health specialist. My goodness, that is a mouthful. Welcome both of you, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. How's it going? What are we talking about? What does it feel like out there today? I have lots of ideas, but let's hear how, how is it going for you guys? Wow. <laughs> a big sigh. Um, yeah, when you first asked that, I was like, oh gosh, how is it going? Such a mix, right? It's like the coziness of the holiday coming up. And, you know, I, I think when I know I feel my best and the people I work with feel their best when they're embracing those new traditions that, you know, we've talked about here of like, okay, we're, we're missing out on things, but this is such a great opportunity to do new things that don't look like the pandemic, just look like enjoying time with our closest and most dear. Um, but looming over everything is the numbers going up and schools being closed or will they be closed more and kind of that as like a looming threat almost. Um, and I've heard and I feel it myself a lot of that, um, oh my gosh, this feels like March when they said that they've closed for a week and then our whole world shut down. Um, so a mix, and I'm feeling that, I'm feeling a mix of, you know, we've we had to create a ch uh, plan for childcare in case schools shut down and we're closing our circle even tighter than we were before. Um, and so some sadness, anxiety about that, but then also like, I'm really excited. I'm baking a pie tonight and like, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving and um, some time off from work and just like enjoying the fall. Hmm. I, I feel a similar way, this like excitement about the holiday with this angst about everything else, <laughs> pretty much the numbers going up and the, what feels like an inevitable shutdown. What's different for me um, right now is Number one, I'm not panicked the way I was in March. I was so caught off guard and, and did not have the skills to cope. And it was, there were so many unknowns and it feels less unknown. So that feels better for me. But on the flip side of that, everyone thinks they know. And there is a huge segment of the population in our communities and in our mothering communities that does not believe the pandemic is dangerous, that it's real, that does not believe in testing, that does not believe in science, and that refuses to take any action to thwart, thwart off or, or ward off the pandemic. And as someone who, I mean, when the three of us sit down, like I was always the one that was seeing more people and going out more and felt relaxed about this earlier than I think a lot of people. So I know if I am getting a little frustrated with the numbers going up and the refusal to act, I can only imagine that a bunch of people that are feeling way more conservative and anxious about the pandemic than I are feeling similarly. I think there's this new frustration for me of like, what do you not get? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not saying go crawl in a hole and, and never come out, but there are ways to do things safely and there are ways that aren't. And there's pretty basic tools like testing and like this, you know, vaccine that's going to come out, like there are ways to approach this and get our lives back to normal. And I think for me in the summer and when the numbers went down, 
I didn't care so much about what other people were doing because it didn't really affect me. But now, you know, where my kids go to their co-op, that's in the yellow zone. And where their elementary school is, if they were going to school, is in the yellow zone. And it's not because of what me and my family are doing. We get tested when they get a runny nose, you know, like we're, there's, I think that I'm just feeling a sense of frustration about that. That wasn't there in March because everybody shut down in March. And that's super hard when it's within your own family. And I've been seeing that of like the in-laws or your parents or, or a friend, even a friend that um, you trusted. And then suddenly they did something or didn't do something. I was like, Oh, wait a second. This is making me rethink all of our activities and my feeling of safety. And then how do we communicate our boundaries in a way that is kind but firm and then dealing with that loss especially if it's family of like no you can't come when you're acting like that and I've been seeing that across the board people are and if you're listening to this and feel that way you're not alone in that certainly yeah yeah that frustration I think has come a lot come up a lot with many of my clients of you know I child care is not so easy to arrange you know with work that mom and and you know partners have to do and if just that feeling like if everybody did their part, maybe schools would have been able to stay open. I have a few clients that are in the city, so their schools are already shut down. And this anxiety that's building again of like, I have to do this again. Mm -hmm. I have to work and either get my kids on the computer if they're in school or find ways of entertaining them if like, you know, if they were like in daycare, pre-K, things like that, and they can't go anymore. And now the expectations of productivity for work are higher mm -hmm. <laughs> than before. Um, it's like, no, you're supposed to be doing your job. And school remotely is like really school. Um, it really are. You know, I, um, and many of you all know this, but like my daughter started back with full-time kindergarten just a week and a half ago. And I, re I texted my husband, I was like, not only is this wonderful because I get time alone with my son and like, and there are no fight, there's no fights and he's like an angel without his big sister around, <laughs> um, but I don't have to do remote kindergarten. And that is wonderful. Like, oh my gosh, like my, I, I found myself kind of floating around with my toddler of like, let's do watercolors. Let's go outside and play in the lead. Like I looked like this, you know, this amazing mother. And then, but remote kindergarten, it was like running here, running there, stress it up there, what worksheet here, Zoom call here. Um, and I don't want to go back there. And the idea that I might have to or will, it's just a matter of when, I'm like, Ur. <laughs> I, I have feelings about that. Yeah, I feel like, um, it just popped into my head as I'm listening to you. I feel like going in, the idea of going into a second lockdown, which admittedly feels inevitable at this point, it feels like it's going to happen. The numbers just keep creeping up and, and we haven't even hit Thanksgiving yet. Um, it feels a little bit like being pregnant with your second baby and you're like, oh God, it's like one thing when you have no idea what's coming, you know, both with the birth and the postpartum and the parenting. You know, there's some, this like beautiful, naive bliss that the first mm -hmm. pregnancy has for many of us. And for the second, it's like there's joy and there's also this feeling like it might be easier because I have that sense about this lockdown. Like it might be easier because I know what I'm doing. We have a plan. I'm not so scared. You know, it's not as emotional, but there is this bit of dread of like, oh, I know what I have to go through. I know how hard this is going to be because I've done it. I've walked that walk before and it's, it's really difficult. So very similar, Laura, this like 
going back in to something that we know is really difficult. Right. Yeah. Right. But trying to, trying to embrace like, okay, the new traditions, we can handle this. And, and my, we're not going to be just us alone in the house. Like we have a couple family members that no matter how bad it gets, like we're going to be locked down together, um, which was different, you know, the first time around. So that's comforting. And the, I, knowing that this is not endless um, and that there is an end in sight and the hol it's kind of the idea of like, okay, let's just get through the holidays and the holidays are going to look smaller. And I've shared like my, my family's out of state, so I have continued to not see them. Um, it's still there and I miss them terribly. And like, I'm going to be sad about that. And of course I'm sad about that and that's okay. Um, and we'll see each other as soon as we can. Um, but like allowing space for that sadness while not letting it cast a blank. That doesn't mean I'm, I need to be sad for the holidays. It just, I need to be sad about that. And then I need to be with my family that I do have here. Um, I wonder too, there's been news. I don't know how much you guys are following it, but there's been news about this vaccine. There's several vaccines that are all looking really, <laughs> Evelyn, you're rolling your eyes. <laughs> Tell me, what is the response when I talk about vaccines? Um, well, actually, what came up for me, conversation I had a couple of days ago, a few days ago, about the vaccine, but just this, I guess at some point, it was quickly reading that, you know, after, not, not about the vaccine itself, but just of potentially how it's going to be rolled out in terms of, okay, like, essential workers, medical workers, or whatever, people who are really um, at risk getting first access, which is fine. But then this idea from what I was reading that more vulnerable communities, i.e. black and brown communities, will have access to it next. In which on one hand, I sort of understand the sentiment that these are the communities that were most affected by the virus. However, it just brings me back to is it really fair that these are the communities that are gonna be guinea pigs? Because we don't know, we don't have a ton of information on what these vaccines, like long-term. And I, my, honestly, my first thought was, I was thinking back to like all the Tuskegee experiments. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are we doing this again? And it's just sort of under the guise of COVID. Can you explain for people who are listening? Just, just essentially that so many, so much of our medical, science was started out kind of testing it on black people without like any like that was intentional. yeah like it was intentional like we're not going to treat people for syphilis and see what happens when we knew that like it's not bad things not like anything great was going to happen you know and i mean even in obstetrics and right now the name of the woman is slipping my mind but all like so many things that we learned were based on like torturous experiments of, of a black woman. So just this idea that we could be kind of falling into the same pattern, like it just does, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, yeah, I hear you. And that's, it's a hard balance. And I, I have feelings of like ambivalence about the vaccine because I'm really excited. I think every, who wouldn't be excited for this to go away, right? And it's so I'm happy, like as a civilization, that we have the possibility of vaccines that will work. And at the same time, when it comes to vaccinating my own family with something that's relatively untested, and I, 
I say that, like, I haven't actually done the research. I haven't, I don't know how much it's been tested, right? Um, one, one thing I read very briefly that, that was a little bit reassuring was like, because, you know, everyone says, well, it takes four years. That's the shortest vaccine that's ever happened. But then there was like, I don't know if it was infographic or something that was like, well, the first year is usually like writing the grants. And the next year is like trying to get the funding and getting the regulations. And like, so basically the time that we have cut out of this is all of that paperwork and red tape. And that it's actually the same amount of medical research, development, and testing that any other vaccine would have. Um, that's not to say that I'm like running to go get any new vaccine. Like I am skeptical of vaccines and of the medical for-profit medical system, generally speaking. And it's, it's, I'm not an anti quote unquote anti-vaxxer. Um, I just, I have skepticism about how, uh, how much a for-profit healthcare system and for-profit companies run by executives that are millionaires and billionaires that are that are lining their pockets how much they actually care about the health of my family and my children so that's just like a general statement and a general trepidatiousness i have about vaccines and i hear you on that too there's like but how do you roll it out you know in a way that that doesn't have that and as a white person, I'm sitting here going, that's great because those are the people that are dying, you know, those people that are sick. But I, but that's very segmented and out of context of this longer history where we have systematically harmed black and brown people. Because um, mm. if, if that didn't happen, then it's like, then it's, it's, it's being callous the fact that the black and brown communities have the highest mortality rates which <laughs> goes to the whole systematic issues there and like let's make sure that those are being addressed as to why they're the communities that are, have the highest mortality rates but not ignoring that either because and not just giving it to the white you know the richer white people who have access to it but then it, how do you acknowledge that that distrust and knowing that that distrust is valid and comes from a real place it's not imagined it's not overblown it's a real valid experience and how um you know i i i read an article about you know the Ad Council doing a lot of work to try to build up everyone's trust in the vaccine because there's so much misinformation out there, um, and especially in communities that, for good reason, have a higher level of mistrust, mm -hmm. and they should. Um, but then if we, I feel like, okay, the answers to all those things need to be very clear and very, um, be very um, understandable for the general population. Like, I can't read the research studies that are God knows how many pages filled with the jargon that I don't understand, but I also don't want to be talked to like I'm a child. Like, I want to know the numbers that it's been tested on and the side effects and, and as much as possible to give that reassurance um, to counter the misinformation out there that we're also being fed to. Yeah. So. And I, I, I keep thinking too, like, I wouldn't want people to be like lulled into this false sense of security of like, oh, the vaccine is out. Like, I don't have to worry about this anymore because there's still going to be right, millions of people who can't take the vaccine for because of other health complications. Like, you know, I have a friend that is immune compromised and like, is she really going to be able to take the vaccine? Like she's at risk, you know, but 
what does that mean for her? Um, and children yeah. can't, there's been misinformation like this is for children. This is not for children because right. children require extra levels of testing, which I think we can all say, yes, they mm -hmm. need extra amounts of testing um, for the vaccine to make sure it's safe for children. Uh, but as, as you, I'm so glad, Caitlin, you pointed that out. This is being tested on thousands of people. This isn't like a 50-person study. And um, there are uh, so many fail-safes there to make sure that it is as safe as possible. Do we know what the effects are going to be long-term of a vaccine? Well, no, but I also don't want to live in a pandemic for the next 20 years to figure that out. Nor do we know the long-term effects of COVID, which yeah. for... There's, I'm in a Facebook group called the Survivor Corps, like it's mm -hmm. ORPS, and it's all people are, and I know people personally, I cook meals for, for a friend of mine, like there are some people, like my husband, who got it, he had a slight, you know, low energy feeling and loss of sense of smell and taste, which seems benign, except it's a neurological symptom, so that scares the crap out of me, to be totally honest about what that might look like for him like I think about when he's 70 what like when is you know like shingles is it dormant is it in his body these are all questions we don't know the answer to but you know I think part of the fear with the vaccines is like and I have it myself it is this feeling of like well not getting the vaccine versus getting the vaccine but those that's not really the choice that we have in front of us like we have possibly getting COVID and or just living in this pandemic life which is awful. I will say for everybody, this is awful. Like um, in our Facebook group, I like posted about what, what, is, what are we grateful for in terms of the pandemic? What has the pandemic brought us that we can be grateful for? And I thought it would be difficult, but we had like 20 different people really pouring their hearts out about why they're grateful, which was wonderful. But also let's be real, this is awful. <laughs> so, so when you look at that, like long-term effects of COVID and and just short-term effects of living this pandemic life versus the vaccine and the possible long-term effects of the vaccine. We don't have a perfect choice in front of us. And it's, it's one of the things as parents, but even just as people, you never have a perfect choice. You never have the perfect amount of information. It's, you just do the best you can. That's all we have. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's just kind of weighing out the risks and benefits, which, are going to look very different for every family and every person. Yeah, absolutely. So there, people have very strong feelings about this, and there is that sense of of mistrust. And are those the same people who don't feel like it's a big deal? Like I don't know. I you know I think it's it's just hard getting through the holidays and feeling like if you're doing your part and other people aren't, and then you're suffering the consequences of it, you have anger about that. And like, of course you are, and that's okay. But also knowing that you can't change other people. So if I'm super, you know, I'm excited for the vaccine. Someone tells me, are you serious? That stuff is poison. It's going to kill you. Like, I can try to give you the information that I'm basing my decision off of and then I leave it at that because it's like I can't, I don't have the bandwidth right now. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things I go to and all my clients can tell you I brought that up. Like what's your bandwidth right now? And I can't engage in those Facebook um, discussions, those respectful, respect everyone's feelings discussions on Facebook about that stuff. I can just take what's, uh, what I feel is best for my family and um, and, and take day by day with this. 
I feel like we're back to day by day. Yeah. I feel yeah. like we're back there too. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. hard. It's, it's a little bit, yeah, like bandwidth and like blinders because I don't know. I just, the people that disagreed with me about the pandemic, and I just to speak to something you said earlier, I don't think that the people who are vaccine, uh, uncomfortable about the vaccine are the same people who, um, or are completely like, I don't think it's exactly the same group that doesn't believe the pandemic is real or is dangerous or is um, something that they need to take action on. Because I know plenty of people in my life that are very cautious as far as pandemic and are still really skeptical about the vaccine and concerned about it. Um, but yeah, I think that there's just been a difference for me of like, it's, it's harder to see misinformation on Facebook and it's harder to um, participate in these groups with people that are so cavalier about it when <clears throat> our life is being directly impacted. So the blinders are a little bit harder to put up. Oops, did I freeze? But, um, but I think it's, doesn't mean they're not valuable. I think that you have exactly the answer, Laura, which is just maybe shut off Facebook more and maybe just focus your energy where you can and where it feels good to do so, because that's, that's all we have, right? We only have a limited amount of energy and to pour it into people who, who we disagree with and, and to pour it into fighting with them versus connecting with people who we love and who are as safe as we're being. That's all mm -hmm. we can do, right? It's like trying to control the uncontrollable. I can't, I can't make half of Long Island take this seriously. But what I can do is focus on when the inevitable lockdown happens, how, you know, will we handle it? And why don't I just enjoy Thanksgiving? Because it's time with my family that I have. Um, and it's not all of my family. It's, I'm not going to see my brother and, and niece and nephew and sister-in-law, but we'll Zoom with them and it will be happy. And we certainly have lots to be thankful for this year. I'm making just, pie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to eat pie until the pandemic is over. Making my pie. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, just following up, Laura, what you said about just kind of making those decisions for our family. I think I remember in the beginning of the pandemic talking with people about finding those like one or two sources that are like reputable, science-based, whatever, like, but that you feel comfortable. Like we can get bombarded with headlines all over the place, but if we have like, okay, these are the two places that I'm going to look to and go kind of base my decision based on that so that we're not over whelmed and bombarded with with stuff because it's going to be hard making that decision mm -hmm. so finding out like ways to have some control over yeah. how i'm getting my information and distance ourselves from people whose one source is like breitbart or naturalnews.com yeah <laughs> awesome well thank you guys so much for having this conversation with me and i hope everyone has a very happy thanksgiving tomorrow and lots to be thankful for and lots of pie and lots of pie. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.